Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. Join me while I chat with Belinda Willis, owner and director of Geosync Land Surveying and Spatial Solutions in New Plymouth, New Zealand. So grab your drink, sit back and relax while we chat. My guest today is Belinda Willis. Belinda is the owner and director of Geosync Land Surveying and Spatial Solutions in New Plymouth, New Zealand. Belinda has been in the surveying industry for 30 years and is a licensed surveyor. She grew up on the South Island about half an hour north of Christchurch in a town called Rangiora. Now let's see if I get that one right in a minute. Growing up, Belinda wanted to be a nurse. She's dabbled in teaching yoga from a studio at home and also completing ski instructor training. At one point, Belinda attended Teachers College part-time as she thought she wanted to be a maths teacher. Belinda enjoys snow skiing and mountain biking and recently completed a 1,060 kilometre bike ride across the North Island of New Zealand called the Kopiko Challenge. <laughs> These New Zealand names are, are, are a bit funny for us Australians. Anyway, welcome Belinda and thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm really excited to be with you, Peter. It's awesome. So let's go back to where were you born? Rangiora. Rangiora. Okay, so I was close on that one. And what about the challenge that you just completed? How do you pronounce it? Kopiko. Close. Very close. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, growing up in... A, is it a Rangiora. Rangiora. Is it a small town or is it, a, you know, a decent yeah. size? A small? Yeah, okay. Yeah, a small rural town. I mean, it's probably grown since the earthquakes. Oops, see. Um, since the earthquakes. I think we might have just had a minor one yes. there. <laughs> Phone just fell over. Happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of people left Christchurch when... Um, the earthquakes happened and they and Rangiora grew yeah, quite okay. But yeah, it is a small town, it's a small rural community. Um where yeah, we're surrounded by lots of farms. Yeah, okay. So you would probably would have grown up outdoors running around. Mm. Oh, definitely. My dad is a hunter and fisherman and so we grew up on trout and venison and hunting with him and fishing with him and running around with friends on farms um I was the, I was like the townie though I do I have a quite a sort of traumatic memory of a friend uh her parents said to me 
would you go and feed the chickens? And I said, oh, how do you feed the chickens? And they said, oh, you go get that hay and then you take it into the chickens. And so I just did what they told me. And when I came out, they were all, the whole family was just rolling around the floor laughing at me. So, yeah, that's kind of like, oh, I was doing my best. I was trying, but yeah, clearly wasn't really thinking. (laughs) Chickens don't really eat hay, do they? (laughs) don't. But if you don't grow up on a farm, you don't know that, do you? So No, no. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, um, people are mean. Do you know that? People are mean. I know, I know. What is wrong with people? <laughs> mm. Especially at a young age too. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really... live the, yeah, you don't live there anymore. No. You're on the north. No, I went down to Otago to do my surveying degree, which is the only place in New Zealand you can do a surveying degree. Ah. Um, that's in Dunedin. Um, and then moved back to Christchurch to work and then got married, had kids, and then we decided to move to New Plymouth because my husband was a surfer, is a surfer and he did a, in Christchurch if you surf, to get good surf, you have to travel two hours to Kaikoura or to um, Hickory Bay, which is over on the other side of Banks Peninsula. And so he, we had little children. He's like, I just want to be able to duck out for a quick surf. So he <laughs> gets moved to New Plymouth. So New Plymouth has really good surf. Um, so I got a job. <laughs> I've got okay. I've got friends. My cousin's a surveyor, and he stayed close to home. And he had a business where, yeah, he would get his work done, or he would go surfing and then come back and get his work done, depending on what the surf was doing. Work, yeah, worked around the surf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean Taranaki is a bit like that. The um, where we live, it's um, very much a lifestyle region people come here they surf or they ride horses or and life fits around the passion that they have um so yeah we we moved here the kids were three and four and it's a great place for kids to grow up both our kids have gone now they're both at university down in otago in christchurch Uh um so yeah it's and so i went to work for a company I think I only stayed there like 15 months um, and that, and at that point I left and went out on my own because I was, you know, when you work for a company you have to work the hours the company dictates and I had little children and I wanted to be around, I missed I remember missing my son's first ride on a two-wheeler, you know, without without oh, training wheels yes. um, and I was like, ah, this isn't cool I'm missing out on parts of you know, those momentous occasions. Mm. And I, yeah, so I, some, actually it was my chainman at the time. He said, why don't you just buy an instrument and set up on your own? And I was like, wow, there's an idea. Yeah. Not a silly idea. Not a silly idea. It's really cool, like working off the kitchen table initially. Then I got an office in the garage and yeah. And then, you know, ten years later I got an office in town and then now I have three going on four staff. Yeah. Not a fast not a fast growing business. <laughs> it's 
pretty but it slow, doesn't but... have to be a fast-growing business yeah. as long as it meets the needs of you yeah. and your family and, and the people working for you. Yeah, yeah. You've got work. I mean, that's the main thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really does it. Yeah. yeah. Good. So, so what attracted you to surveying in the first place? Um, I, at the age of 16... I was like, oh, what do I do? All my friends were talking about going to Otago because Otago is where you go to medical school and dent school and people do law. I mean, you can do law in Christchurch as well, but I don't know, there was a real draw with our year group anyway that we all wanted to go to Otago. And uh-huh. I was crap at biology. I was good <laughs> at mathematics. Um, so I was like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I went to the, went to the, uh, the guidance not the guidance counselor yeah the careers counselor and she just had this like vcr tape sitting on her desk and she goes oh this has just arrived you want to take it home and watch it and it happened to be a vcr from otago survey school oh (laughs) as a promotional video you know and she didn't know anything about it she said well you know with your interest in math and physics architecture or this thing here, this surveying thing. <laughs> this thing. This thing, yeah. So I took it home and I watched it and it was just a whole bunch of long, I mean, it was in, that would have been 70s, I suppose. I was, it was 1986 that I would have watched the video, but the video looked like it was from the 70s. It was <laughs> long haired, you know, louts just standing around plane tabling do you remember plane tabling no what's that well they you have this thing on a tripod it's a plane table and you draw you stand on the on a hill and you draw the line to that trig over there and you draw the line to that trig over there and you and you yeah right yeah it's really old it's really old (laughs) showing my age i know um yeah, so we so that's what they were doing on the video, and I was like, oh, they look like they're having fun. Yeah, maybe I'll apply for that. So I just, yeah, I didn't really think about it a lot. I wasn't like a passion or a. Yeah. I didn't. Even, I didn't even go and hang out with a surveyor. Maybe if I had, I might not have done it. <laughs> just, oh, no. <laughs> but you're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, but look, honestly, and you might want to chop this out of the video because of the out of the thing because I have the reason why I've done yoga teaching and ski instructor is because I've just gone I'm not cut out for this I find I don't mind the maths I quite like the resource consenting stuff because we do a lot of um, resource management applications to council and stuff Um, but when it comes to the absolute minutiae detail stressing about like mis- like tiny little misclosures I'm like oh just kill me now I don't care <laughs> probably want to cut that out I honestly it's just it does my head in sometimes I'm I'm fine I mean I'm I've got graduates who are very excited about it all and I'm like I can teach them how to do it properly yeah yeah um, my, I think my passion really is people. And I had one family friend say to my parents when I chose surveying, cause he'd obviously dealt with a surveyor and he was like, what the hell is your daughter doing surveying for? She is a people person. She should not be doing surveying cause they're boring as batshit. <laughs> oh God, dad, why didn't you tell me that 10 years ago? 
Oh, I find that so funny. That is so funny. Because yeah. you wouldn't know either that I started in nursing. I went to uni to do nursing. <laughs> but failed sociology. Um, failed sociology. Couldn't go on to second year practical. So I went, oh, well, stuff you. Walked away from university. Ended up bumming around at home for a while. Had a kid. Moved to Sydney. So I was from down the south coast. Moved to Sydney and did a few short courses and went, oh, I'm going to need to get something behind me. I'm going to need a trade or something, something to keep me moving forward. And I got into landscaping and I got into surveying. And I took oh, surveying wow. because I two years full time because I didn't want to be sitting in an office. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. Yeah, so it's like I'm probably more a people person as well, you know. I get maths. Which is why it's why you're doing this. Yeah. Because you're interested in people and their stories and Yeah. Yeah, and, and so what I found I found my niche or niche or passion within the business by just taking care of the business and the people within the business. Yeah. And the and the clients. And so what I'm trying to build now is uh, uh yeah a group so I've got a planner I've got a surveyor I've got a person who kind of kind of call her golden balls because she's amazing she just can do anything she does all our social media marketing which is really probably how I discovered you yes, um yes. and then I've got a guy arriving next week he's an Italian rocket scientist he's got a PhD in rocket thrust design design but I'm going to train him on the drone work and the GIE stuff and and my role is going to be making sure that they're all happy and mm -hmm. that they that everything is you know running smoothly and then I'm still dealing day-to-day -day with new clients and, and keeping old clients happy and because that's where my skill is yes. I understand the whole process from start to finish and I can talk them through and I'm that's I mean sort of the marketing thing part of it is that I can explain the processes I can simplify things for them and I can also get things done like yeah. I, I am a bit of a get shit done person like if someone rings me and asks me to do something really tricky I'll just make it happen yeah. um and it's possibly a female trait maybe I don't know well um, I know some surveyors like that um or business owners and stuff like that but I think I think women are better at it <laughs> yeah I just can't like if someone rings and says can you know can you sort this I can't I'm struggling at the moment because we're so busy so I'm going oh shit I haven't done that you know 24 hours later I'm like oh damn um so you know things are getting harder because we're getting busier yeah. um and I've often said kind of need another me yeah you know but that's like like it's life I suppose yeah but um, you you could find another you that's not in surveying but can take care of other certain things to take a little yeah. in that sense I mean that's yeah a good business person is which to me it sounds like you are because you know that this person has this strength here this strength here you know this one has this strength and then you're making sure that yes they're they're all good 
Yeah, yeah. And it, but it's all, this, this busy time is kind of new. We've been able to work week to week in the past, but now we're working month to month. It's like I can't, I can't promise that, you know, oh, yeah, my survey can get out there next week. It's like, no, she can't come out for six weeks now. Yeah. And that's not, like, that's probably nothing compared to some of the other bigger firms are probably saying two to three months because like, before they can even look at your job. Mm. Um, just, I don't know if it's a COVID thing or if it's just land is possibly is stemming from COVID. Like, um the fact that COVID's brought a lot of people home and also got a lot of people stuck here. They're like, oh, let's do that project that we've been sitting on for six years. Let's, exactly. We've got time now. We can't go anywhere. We might as well get on with it. I suspect yeah. that might be the main driver. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think that it's, um, I mean, it's the same here. It's, it's very busy. Um, where I am we're busy but we do a lot more of the um, first in the door infrastructure stuff before they even start doing the building side of things and everything yeah. Um, so yeah. we're busy you know doing starting new jobs like that but I've got friends and people that I've spoken to who have smaller businesses who are exactly the same um, mm -hmm. I was just messaging um one of my my old students who owns a company just down the coast and he said he's just flat out he's booked two weeks in advance where it used to be you know a couple of days and he's having to give work to his other mates that have started their own businesses you know they're all sharing things in between if they get a job you know that's a bit closer to someone else then they'll give it to that person because it just takes up too much time traveling there or you know that kind of stuff so, yeah right mm -hmm. oh well that's good it is good yeah yeah it's it, it's good i like the fact that he's um relied on his re relied on his other work colleagues and and mates and stuff and that they're not fighting each other and dropping their prices or anything like that they're all kind of charging the same rates and they're willing to help each other if they need an extra hand or yeah that sort of thing mm. Mm. which is really good to hear because there's some in industry whose rates are just absolutely ridiculously cheap and they do a crap job and <laughs> yeah which undermines the rest of us yeah yeah exactly. so well, there are a lot of a lot of that here too. That whole, you know, the pe people don't really care. I mean, you know, what what's your point of difference when you're a surveyor? You all put white pigs in the ground. So, how how is one different from the other? And the general public don't know. No, and that's something that I've spoken to with um, you know, some of the industry people here and um. Survey General and Victoria and New South Wales and stuff and it's like how do we get how do we get out into community to get them understand what we do and why we do it and how important we are to their lives if they are you know buying selling building all that kind of stuff to actually mm. understand to choose the right person because of you know what we do and the reasons behind it and everything yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. I mean, I still have kids who, oh, and a lot of people that don't know what surveying is or, you know, you still get that have old. You, is that? Have you seen the get kids into survey thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I'm friends with Elaine and I, I've helped her in the back end with, um, the academy that she's just started and stuff and one of her beta testers and and everything for the program mm, that's oh, amazing because oh. there's that yeah. she kids as um she maps sorry she maps as well um have you heard of those ones oh. they're in no. um she's amazing um her and another guy um oh i can't think of a name at the moment um it'll come to me later um, but yeah, they do a similar thing, but that's with drones, mostly with drones and mapping. Cool. Mm. So I'll send you, I'll send you her link later to have a look at what she does. Yeah. And she does stuff overseas as well and, um, supporting communities and all that kind of stuff as well, which is really good. Mm. 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 Yeah. So. Make the meaningful. Hmm. What's that? Make the meaningful. Well, like make what, because I mean I don't know how you feel, but there is a lot of, you know, sometimes you end up working for um, people that you perhaps wouldn't befriend. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think you get a lot of those kind of people. I mean, the ones that fight over the you know, ten mil of land or something when it's not that necessary. Yeah. yeah. You get all sorts, though, don't you? Mm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, where do we go from here? Hmm. Okay, so you did university without even really thinking about what you were doing. You finished uni and worked in Christchurch for a little while. Did you start your business in Christchurch or did you do that once you'd moved up north? Up north, yeah. Okay, so you so, worked a um, company up there yeah. for a little while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Was it a big company? Um, 30 people maybe, not that big. Yeah, still not too bad. Yeah, the company I worked for in Christchurch for four years, um, they, they were about 50 and now they're about 200. So they are really big now. Mm -hmm. um, but they were kind of um, at the forefront too. Like, so we're talking 1991 to 90, oh, two, no, actually 2004 was when we moved up here. So up to 2000. So I worked there for nine years, 91 to 2000. I had a little break um, where I worked in Brunei in Hong Kong. But um while I was working at Elliot Sinclair, I was doing a lot of the aerial photogrammetry. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So that was obviously before drones were invented. Mm -hmm. um, we hired a plane. We got a hole cut in the plane and got a camera insert made up. Mm -hmm. And we, I literally would do the flight planning and then drive out to the airport with the camera, fit the camera to the floor of the plane and then lie down on the floor of the floor. We take all the seats out and lie down on the floor of the plane and actually take the photos. 
manually with a it was obviously crossing a grid so you had your 80 percent overlap and you just yeah, go and click 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 and on some flights which weren't great i would throw up at the end of each run because oh, it no. wasn't very nice <laughs> um motion sickness um so yeah and then i'd take them straight take the photos the camera straight to the photographer and he'd process them and the next day i'd pick them up and then we'd put them we had an mps2 photogrammetric plotter which made little square photos so put them into there and then we'd i'd sit there and just like float the dots and create topographical surveys of blood areas and gosh I, I don't think I've spoken to anybody that's done that before. No. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. It is. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. And it was, and they were kind of, they were trialing it and we, you know, we did several jobs um, over that year and then the police came to us. They had the Christchurch Child, Civic Child Care Centre um, case where a guy was accused of molesting children and they got us to map all of that because it was an old building and there were cupboards that kind of went into tunnels and the kids were hiding in the tunnels and and so they got us to map that and then the last case that I was on with regards to the police was a murder where the kids had gone in to take money off an old man and he was a he was a very kind old man. He was giving a lot of money to street kids, but these kids were rich and they pretended to be street kids and they went and they beat him up and he bled to death. Oh. But he, he had this house where he, like a hoarder, so his, oh, yeah. the newspaper on the kitchen floor was like that thick. Mm. And so, all, you know, and it was on a Saturday and I was playing netball and the boss said, oh, you have to go and do this photography thing. So we went in there with the camera and we, took the photos and then I spent the next two weeks mapping the blood stains and the blood splatters and for the court case Um, but I didn't sleep during that time because the whole thing just like tear it was awful yeah just the thought the smell of the blood and the and the whole I was traumatized I said I don't want to work on those jobs anymore Um, and I think after that time the police ended up getting their own cameras and their own photogrammetrists and Mm-hmm. whatever but so it was just sort of at the beginning of when that was all starting to happen yeah, right. uh, yeah so I didn't get registered very quickly because of all of, you know I did all that work which mm-hmm. wasn't really registration worthy at the time it is now yeah but uh, to become a you know registered or licensed cadastral survey photo photogrammetrizing murder scenes doesn't really come into it no not 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 really so when Mm. did you get um licensed 1991 so uh no no sorry 91 was when i graduated 1990 four years five must be 95 yeah i was finishing my tafe course (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's um it's a big thing I've got um Alicia working for me now and she's been she's one and a half years out of survey school and wants to get registered but yeah it's it's big it's a lot of work and it seems like the projects are a lot bigger than we had 
Yeah, I I agree with that. I think um, I don't know. It seems to take a lot longer to get registered and and stuff as well. So I don't really have any. Um, you know, I I've, I didn't go to uni for for surveying, and so I haven't had to go through the process of that registration. So I don't really know right. what's involved in it. So. Um, but I've got yeah people at work that are going through it at the moment. I know people that have just finished and and stuff. And yeah, it seems a a lot more work to do now than yeah yeah. It does seem quite hard. Like I I thought that for our subdivision stuff, we I think we had to do 150 meters of road. Now they have to do a 300 lot subdivision. Well, if you live if you're working in the in the suburbs like or not suburbs, sorry, what am I saying? That in the regional areas like us. That's not I don't think any of us would have a 300 lot subdivision. Mm. Be lucky. I mean, I don't get big ones. I mean, my big ones are like 10, or I have had one 20, but it's not that normal. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know what, what, how, I have to have a wee study of what she's got to do because yeah, I think there are other options which we might need to look into, mm. but yeah. maybe to be seconded to a company in Auckland for six months to do that. Yeah. I think that's what happens sometimes, you know, if they've got to do rural stuff or, or you know, something in particular that they will they might go and do a bit of time with another surveyor somewhere to, to get that experience to be able to do it. It's, yeah. Because you, you have a lot of companies now that are, um, you know, do have that more niche sort of areas that they work in. So if you've got done your university and you're working for for that specific company it might just be construction or it might just be land or it might you know be something completely different that you don't get to touch on all the other stuff that that they do in the registration process so it makes it difficult yeah 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 i mean i failed um my (laughs) registration the first time around well not failed I suppose they they requisition you on areas that you're a little bit weak on and my area was um engineering and Mm -hmm. construction monitoring so I had to do six months of construction monitoring 40 no I think they said 40 days but it took six months that's right because when you do construction monitoring you can go out for an hour a day but in order to do 40 days it's like (laughs) that takes a long time yeah so that would make it difficult Mm. so you were talking about the people that you had in your company what is this what was he engineering rocket scientist Scientist? oh so this that was a funny one hey he just walked in off the street a couple of weeks ago and he was 31 he's from italy he's traveling around new zealand he's kind of stuck here um and he's like i saw your flag so my flag on the street says geosync land surveying and spatial solutions. And he said, I really want to work. I've been working in the rocket industry for a while and I really want to just work on land-based stuff. Okay. Um, and I, so he was standing here talking to me and I said, oh, send me a CV. And then I, while, I, while he was talking, he sent a CV and I looked at it and I was like, oh, my God, he's got a PhD and designing rocket thrusters from Milan <laughs> University he's worked in Ireland as like homing ho- housing the homeless um he had like his his CV was just unbelievable he's been everywhere done everything yeah 
Um, but he was a really, I don't know, I, I like anyone, I suppose you get a sense from people and I just had this really good feel. He was just like a really nice guy, really onto it. Mm-hmm. And because we have, I've got a new client called Vizlink who do um, whiteboards for farmers and we do the mapping of the paddocks and the troughs for them. So we drone it and then we digitize it. Using, using virtual server and 12D and um, and then we produce the outputs that they then use in their system and then they create these whiteboards and maps and A4 pads for farmers oh, okay. um, and, and I just thought oh this is a this is a busy young really onto it chick who's developing this company and it's growing and I think that I need to have someone that's going to be able to jump on her work like and not me not have to say oh I can't do this for six weeks mm-hmm. because it's not good enough we need someone so that well if nothing else you can do that work and um also we have my other big client is QE2 Trust Queen Elizabeth Trust which is mm-hmm. in New Zealand we have this system where if you've got a large area of native bush um and you want to protect it or if, if, if you're not environmentally aware, then you just want to chop it out of your farm and not pay rates on it because you can't farm it. You get QE2 um, to, we, we protect it. We put a covenant over it and it's in perpetuity, which means it's forever. That bush is protected forever. You can never chop it. No one can ever chop it down. doesn't matter if it passes through generations of people. It mm-hmm. will never chop down. So it's really awesome. And in Taranaki, we seem to have, a lot more work than in other regions and I don't know if that's uh, because people want to protect bush here or um, there is more bush here I'm not sure why but we do seem to have a lot you know of covenants um, and that work is from a surveying perspective it's relatively simple um, it's just like doing an easement survey so you just run around with your gps and lately we've been using the drone to do it because it then produces a really nice image yeah. that the farmers have and the um and kiwi two can keep as well and um and then you yeah you so you kind of it's, it's from a business perspective it's really good like we try and jump on those jobs too we try you know it's like keeping your best clients happy yes. you know your yeah. clients yeah, yeah so there's that aspect um but we're not having to deal with councils. That's our, our pain. The pain in our day is usually coming from councils. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, the process of getting consent through and, the, mm. you know, I've got clients that are wanting to do social housing and, you know, council like, oh, they're not ticking off these rules. And it's like the government is saying, no, no, you need to be just pushing these through, but the councils are like, no, no, this is a rule that they're not meeting and you have to publicly know, you know, there's just all these roadblocks and um, really frustrating. Um, But so with these other clients, it's like not, it's kind of easy surveying and it's easy, um, easy work because it's not having to have those difficult conversations. You just, you just mapping, we're just essentially mapping for clients and Mm -hmm. they're happy yeah do you get to go out in the field very much oh I do when like I the last job I did was I think I did a little topographical survey for a house and I did this and we had to set out the position of the house because that's happening a lot more now we have to 
set out even when it's in the middle of a paddock they'll the council will want to see a sign off from oh. the surveyor uh -huh. to show that the house has been put where they've said they were going to put it yeah um so that yeah that's happening more so i did do that i don't I'm yeah I am so busy running the business now that I don't get out that much um actually it's not true that that was the last job because actually last weekend I drove to Auckland with my surveying equipment and I did a survey for a friend up in Auckland <laughs> this kind of thing that you know you're not doing like oh you know you're a surveyor can you just come and you know on your weekend bring your survey gear it'll be really fun yeah we can hang out yeah. surveying and <laughs> no, no, that's not fun. <laughs> but anyway, she went off to watch her son play rugby and I surveyed her deck and her balcony and because she wants to build a pergola over the top of her deck and uh, it breaks all of the daylighting rules. So, Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So since you do a lot of, you know, the drone mapping sort of stuff, do you do any scanning? We've done one scanning job in the last 10 years and I didn't buy a scanner because they were too expensive. Yeah. Um, I We rented it and it was a job for um, an, the oil industry so, uh, scanning they're called they're like massive lpg containers and they had bits that were kind of i don't know maybe not rusting but they had bits that they needed to replace so they needed to scan these tanks in order to build the bits to replace um so yeah that was that um can do scanning but yeah i know the short answer is no i haven't really got involved in any really big projects but yeah. i did one thing I did do, so with my company in Christchurch, Elliot Sinclair and Partners, um, they an amazing company. And when the earthquakes hit, I called them up and said, look, I'm sitting here in New Plymouth. I've got my own business. And at that stage, it was just me. Um, if if you guys are, you know, like, because I, I knew they were all working really long hours and they were really stressed and people were having breakdowns I was like yeah if if you want me to fly down and help I can and they were like yes yeah so I did two weeks on two weeks off mm. for about two I think I did two or three months and then while I was down in Christchurch one trip down there I there was another earthquake and it freaked me out and yeah. I said I can't go back I can't do it so I try I did try and help out and um I did a little bit of office work back here you know once I'd, I'd, I'd go down there and I'd do field work and I'd come back and I'd do the office work yeah. um that was fine but I couldn't sustain it mm. yeah because I was going to ask you about about that because I mean that was a massive massive thing um yeah it was massive and I went the first job that I did down there was actually in the cathedral square and so I remember we drove into town and of course it was it was traumatic because you know this is a town that I'd grown up in and mm. that I'd grown up in and um driving through town it was just a mess and then we got into the cathedral square and uh, it was awful 
Um, but the cool thing, the, some of the cool stuff that Elliot Sinclair got involved in was that they they did the scanning for the 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 rows um, in the front of the cathedral. Oh yes. Um, in order for them to take that down and like build a structure that when it came up to support it, a metal structure it came up to support it, it, it hit or at all the right points. So they scanned that in order to do to get that and bring it down safely to not you know, ruined anymore. And they also did the scanning for the art centre, which was all all the bricks and, you know, the big old stone buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they, they've, they were involved, heavily involved in the whole rebuild. And, you know, I, I think it would have been, a, in, in some ways, a really cool introduction to surveying to be working for them at that time to... Mm. you know yeah because what, be, what year was that when did that happen so haven't we just had the 10th anniversary i feel like we've just had maybe yeah, last year. so yeah i think that's that sounds familiar actually um just for those that are listening there was massive earthquakes in christchurch 10 or so years ago which uh decimated the city pretty much um mm and it's been a massive rebuild um affected quite a lot of people still now still rebuilding yeah Yeah. and still lots of roads are you know really rumpy and lots of boundaries shifted well i was gonna say how did you know what what have they done with their whole um you know boundary network and marks and everything they're 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 all gone damaged moved how do they yeah they there's a whole set of rules so we have our cadastral survey rules but there's a whole separate set of cadastral survey rules for Canterbury yeah okay um and you have to yeah you have to basically have to have GPS and you have to be coming off marks that they've decided are good (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, um and you have to yeah kind of every every job starts from scratch you can't rely on anything you can't use you can't survey in the old way yeah which makes it yeah it makes it really um difficult but also interesting (laughs) yeah yeah it must change the way that you think about stuff when you you know old school surveying thinking about just relying on ties to things now it's you know cord you know they think they more coordinate coordinate based yeah system mm. yeah have you regretted your decision to come into the industry i mean it sounds like you've had some pretty interesting you've done a lot of interesting stuff throughout your career Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I apparently halfway through my degree, I don't remember this, but my mum says that I wanted to quit and they wouldn't let me. Um, I wonder now what that was about. Like, yeah, I, I mean, my initial reaction to that question is, yeah, I've regretted it a lot. But if I was to talk to a young person that was not that didn't know what they wanted to do, I would tell them to go into surveying. Yeah. If they like maths and they like physics and they like the outdoors and I'd be like, 
and and they like like technology and be like go this is the best career because you'll you'll never be bored yeah I think my reasoning I mean I've struggled with mental health issues all my life and so I think a lot of my when I get negative and when I say oh I hate surveying it's probably stemming from that because an actual if I'm if I'm you know in a good headspace and nowadays I am um I'm just like no surveying's great surveying's great it's Mm -hmm. awesome um I just I can't my personality will not get bogged down in just cadastral surveying. I, that's why I've always sort of stepped back. I go, what are we, what are we going to do now? I probably could have jumped sooner on a lot of stuff, but buying a drone and then buying all of the software that has to, you have to, you know, I've spent thousands that's on this stuff. not cheap, is it? Flash computer to process it. It's kind of big for a small company to do that. Mm. Um, and, I could pat myself on the back for that. I actually think it's been a really good thing because if nothing else, it's good for your marketing and it attracts people to your website to see that you actually have this stuff going on, which is actually pretty standard now. You know, big all big companies will have a drone. All big companies will, but not little ones. Yeah, little ones like me generally still have a theodolite and a a pole and a chainman. Yeah. I don't know how many like that but the, you know I think a few of the old guys that are still yeah. working off the kitchen table they're not going to buy GPS gear no let no. alone a drone I spoke to I can't remember who it was now one of the surveyors that I spoke to I actually know how I don't think I've inter, I don't think I've interviewed him yet they don't have GPS they yeah. do identification surveys they do strata they do something with um water management I don't know something else and they don't have any fancy equipment at all and they've been around for oh as long as I can remember yeah which I was really really surprised about yeah so because it makes some jobs really hard like if you have to go especially like here and you probably have the same out out back rural if you can't find a mark like you know the marks could be miles away from where you're actually doing your work and with gps you can bring control in really quickly right yeah yeah i I I dare say all the companies that um that would need that would most definitely have all of the equipment because they're working you know long distances and stuff like that but yeah this company's in 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 the city and they just in their own own little lane and that's where they stay and if they you know get asked to do a job in something else they either just hire the equipment or they give it to somebody else that does do that oh true yeah yeah so yeah okay who has had the biggest impact on your career to date Um, Roy, so Roy um, was my cadastral survey mentor at Elliot Sinclair and Partners, um, Roy Gardner. He, um, yeah, he was just awesome. Like he just taught me how to do calcs properly, <laughs> um, yeah. how to 
do that missing line calculation and then do it in a different direction so that you mean the two to calculate your decent pegging tie. Um, I In the field notes, I mean, I still love all that stuff, that basic surveying, which I find it tricky to get the the new ones to get. I mean, actually, all the, all the surveyors that have come through, can you just do me a field note? And they're like, what? Why? <laughs> Why? Why do you need a field Why? note? Yeah. yeah, well, they've just come out with the new rules for the New Zealand cadastral um, rules, and they're going. They're making us put field notes in, which, for a lot of them, will be just GPS printed off, um, you know, pages and pages of stuff numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still like the field note thing. I, yeah, I'm. I've, just stop short of forcing them to do it and I probably regret that I should have forced all of them to just I want to see a good field note here's what it looks like these are gold these are really gold you know in the future when you come back and you need to um know something about what you saw on site even even take photos that's fine but the thing is they often forget to download the photos (laughs) or if you draw a good field note it's it's gold but anyway that's a that's probably my biggest regret as a as a boss um um but yeah the person who's had the most impact would be Roy and the funny thing is well not funny it's very not funny I was at home in Christchurch with two babies 15 months apart and I got a phone call from one of the bosses at Elliot Sinclair and they said oh Roy's funeral's on Friday and oh. that was the first that I knew that he was sick. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I was really upset because no yeah. one had said he had a brain tumour. Oh. And so I took my babies along to this, or ba- I might have only had one, maybe I, was, maybe I only had Sophie at that point, um, to the funeral. And I lost it at the funeral. I wailed like a, <laughs> re- like I was devastated. Yeah. And then, yeah. then we moved Taranaki a couple of years later and, it was, I was driving through town at about the time when I was kind of contemplating this decision to leave the company that I was with in New Plymouth. And he, I, I swear, he spoke to me. His soul, his, he just went, do it. Go do it. Yeah. Do it. Go out on your own. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah. Thanks, Roy. Yeah. So, yeah. It's funny how yeah. you sort of, something like that happens where, it just clicks and you just go, yep, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started your business, was it, it was just you? Yeah. And my husband was my chainman. Okay. When, when the kids were at school. So he was the sole charge of the kids, but um, yeah, he'd come out in the field with me and my husband worked for Trimble. He was oh. a programmer. Okay. Um, not when I met him. Oh, that's a funny story. I should tell well, you that. that's one of my questions. So we can go into it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was, I did a subdivision at, with Elliot Sinclair in a town over the over on Banks Peninsula called Littleton. And they, we required a, a water reservoir for the subdivision. And um, there were two companies in town. I can't remember the name of the other company, but one company was called Roth Cement Tanks. And I rang them and I uh, got, yeah, so I met the 
essentially my father-in-law <laughs> and um and then his he Scott and so Scott my husband he and his friend were building the tank and I went and visited the site one day when I was I think I was pegging it and uh, he was on top of the tank at this point still plastering and stuff and he looked down and I looked up and I was like hi and, and the, the father Les he said oh this is my son Scott and I went oh yeah hi and that was fine and then two that was in August and then two months three months later it was a few days before Christmas and I was sitting in my office and I got a phone call and it was from Scott from the roast cement tanks and he said oh just ringing to let you know that I um I've been to check the tank and it's not leaking and I thought okay that's really weird <laughs> great <laughs> oh, Okay, so then we chatted for 20 minutes and, and then I was like, I'm just going to stay silent because I don't know where this is going. Yeah. And I don't know really why. And then he just went in that little bit of silence. He went, do you want to go out for a drink? <laughs> so that was the start and yeah. So yeah. how did he end up working for Trimble then? But then he kind of was like, oh, I don't know what to do. He'd done a, I think he'd done a commerce degree. He had done a commerce degree and he'd worked in banks in London and and he'd come back and was working for his dad at this point. He'd come back from four years or seven years overseas and traveling and stuff. And um he didn't know really what he wanted to do. His dad would what it was quite keen for him to do engineering so that he could start signing off on the tanks and take over the business, but he really didn't have that desire. And then he decided I don't know what spurred it actually he decided to do a diploma, postgraduate diploma at Lincoln in programming and computer programming. Yeah. So he did that and then he got a job at Trimble and he was working on the, the GIS data collectors back in the day. Um, yeah. So he worked there until we moved to Taranaki and he became the sole caregiver of the kids and stuff. Interesting. But he's carried on programming. So he's now working He's been working for several different companies in the time that we've been here, but now he he's a contractor. So he contracts to a guy um, called, I think the company's called Brilliant Software. Um, gosh, I'm having a brain nap about what he actually does. He's worked for, recently he's been working for a company in Sydney, I think. They, they do sheds and shed designs and um, you can design your shed and the, the software will um, kind of do what a quantity survey would do and work out all of the different bits that you need and then it gets all sent off to the factory and then you'll get a flat pack yes. delivered. Yeah, I know what you so mean. So he's worked on that as well. So, yeah, he's worked for a few different companies. Hmm. Hmm, and now our son is at Otago University doing programming and our daughter's doing human resources and has recently interviewed for a job at Elliot Sinclair as oh. a human human resource manager. Yeah. It's a small world, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. You've got to make use of these connections. Oh, most definitely. I do. <laughs> yeah. Wherever I can. <laughs> so where do you work? Uh, I work for Cardinal at the moment. I was working, I was a TAFE teacher, teaching surveying. Cool. Uh, yeah, and I've uh, just been with Cardno as a senior surveyor and project manager for the last, just over the last year and a bit. Hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Good company. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Different going from a educational sort of job to back to industry. <laughs> Learning yeah. lots of new things or different things. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. You said you went overseas and worked. Was it? Yeah. So did, did you Brunei? Say? Brunei. Brunei. Yeah. So I I was dating a surveyor. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and we went to we went with his company from Wellington to Brunei and worked for two years. I think the contract was two years. I don't, again, I don't think I lasted two years. I think I did 15 months and I was going to change. So I think here's the reason why, here's the thing about business and why I probably went out on my own is because I think there are a lot of not very nice bosses out there. Yes. I, um, have had you know Elliot Sinclair were great and I didn't really have any issues there it was when I went to work with this other company and then we went to Brunei and they just treated you like shit they'd set ridiculous targets and expect you to work and we did till two in the morning um night after night um pumping out this work and I was like this is this is wrong yeah and then came up here and it wasn't it was just a, I don't know, this whole like communication, like I would um they I would say, Okay, we've got this this job and this job and we need to prioritize this and and then all of a sudden you get a phone call from an angry client going, You said someone was gonna turn up on site, they didn't turn up and then I'd go to that person, why didn't you turn up? Oh, because the big boss said oh, I had to go and do this other job. Well, why didn't you tell it was just like this all the time, constantly putting out fires and um I was just like I can't cope with this I need to be able to manage this and I want to be able to say to clients this is going to happen this is when it's going to happen and this is how much it's going to cost yeah and that's it it's simple and I don't want to be kowtowing to someone else's idea of how fast I should do things and how long Mm. it should take me well, that's fair enough. So that was kind of the impetus behind and, and the whole treating people, people have whole lives, you know, like treating people holistically. Like when, I mean, even the other day they go, oh, one of the guys goes, oh, I know we're really busy at the moment. But, and I was just like, I could tell he was going to ask for days off. Mm-hmm. Two days before he wanted two days off. Yeah. He's wanting two days off. I'm like, go, it's fine, we'll cope. Yeah. Because clearly if you're asking and you're asking so nervously, <laughs> I'm like, it's important to you. You know, he wanted to go and help his girlfriend's parents move house. So fill your boots, go. It's fine. I'm not gonna stop. You know, if if you go, Oh no, you didn't put in your leave application two weeks in advance, no, you can't go. I'm who does that? Yeah. I think when, when, you know, when you're working and if you have that relationship with your boss that you're giving your best and, you know, you've got that give and take because you know that those people that are working for you 
are giving you their everything probably 95% of the time because they are people and they do have lives outside of the job and you know some people can't see that it's all about the job Mm. it was said to me a while ago you know I am what was it I I am a surveyor surveying is not my life or is yeah surveying is my job it is not my life or something like that and it's so true you know I'm really passionate about my industry you know helping people get to where they want to get to you know doing whatever I can but it's also yeah I have a life outside of it and the job is not something where I want to be working 70 hours a, a week in yeah and some or, people and, don't get and that. yeah I mean I suppose my idea of the old timer survey is the ones that would take their family on a picnic to a farm which he was surveying and I'm just going to put a few pegs in over here I'm just going to look for some marks like that's I don't love it that much that I would ever do that I had I do notice like if I'm walking around town and I see a survey mark I'll go oh look there's a survey mark which is like you know hilarious because people are like oh my god that is so dull I had but, my youngest trained that um, wherever we went, he was looking, oh, look, mum, there's one. Do you want to take a photo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. We do need a whole Instagram, a survey mark Instagram page. Well, <laughs> I, there used to be one on Facebook, but, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe, yeah, that's something that could happen. I'll have to have a look into that then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just another thing for me to do on, in, in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Belinda, what motivates you? Mm. What gets me out of bed? Yeah, what gets, <laughs> yeah, what gets you out of bed? What gets me out of bed? Um... Yeah, okay. So initially I'm like, yep, it's my staff because they're awesome and I want to get out get out and help them and make the day easier for them. Yeah. So when I get, when I come to work and I look at the board and I go, oh shit. And I look at the the so there's the board with all the jobs and then there's the board with the Monday to Friday on it um for a month. I'm like, okay, I need to give Alicia a break here. I need to make sure Tom has enough time to do this job. That's, I care about them now. And then I also really want to do the best for my clients. So, you know, when someone rings up and they're like, oh, can you give me a price for this? And I go, yep, sweet, but what's what's the job entail? And then we get into the nitty gritty and I like to, you know, have we have chats and you get to know a little bit about their lives and you're like, okay, I really need to make this work and I need to get this done. I care about that. So it really is, it comes back to people. I really want to help people mm-hmm. um, or, or, you know, whoever I interact with in my life. And I, I probably get over invested. I think that's my biggest um, issue. And then I get drained yeah. and then I get, Rest and then I get shitty and then I'm snappy and so I, I'm much better now at recognizing that and going okay I need to stop I need to have a day off mm-hmm. and that's probably why I'm so 
gentle with like if someone feels like I don't want my staff to get sick in order to have a day off I would like them to go I need a day off have a day off I don't um because the whole you know we do get sick if we run ourselves down and as you know mental health is such a big kind of almost a buzzword these days um it kind of annoys me because it's a little bit trendy it's a buzzword but some people use it wrongly I think I do think there is too much but it is very real and it is um yeah it's it's like I said earlier I've struggled I've struggled with so I think in my early years it was more depression and then it turned in my 40s it turned into anxiety interesting and now and now it's just I know what I need when I need it and so I can manage it and I don't suffer. Yeah. Well, I probably do if I let it go too far, if I, you know, if I go out partying and I drink too much and then I get too stressed about friends and their dramas and, you know, like I say, I get too invested in people and, and what's going on in their lives and trying to help, mm. which can come across as a bit of a busybody as well. So there's, I'm very aware of that. <laughs> Just <laughs> get back need to um what did my friend say to me last night you need to wrap yourself in a little bubble and zip it up and just yeah stay safe and stay whole in your life yourself and yeah and I think our generation so I'm 51 I'll be 52 this year Uh our generation definitely was brought up with the if you're thinking about yourself you're being selfish yeah um, whereas it's quite normal now to just be like, oh, what do I need? What do I need right now? And it's okay. Mm. Oh, I actually need to go for a walk in the bush. I actually need to sleep. I need to have a day off and lie around by the fire with my slippers on yep. in a magazine of the chocolates in a shitty movie. Yep. That kind of, you know, it's okay. Mm. So I'm kind of... When you say what motivates me, it's all of that. It's just people and, and doing good and being kind. I mean, God, our Prime Minister is amazing, but being kind, it's like it's a really simple motto for life. You be kind, come back. Yeah, I agree. Totally. How do you mm. relax then if you talk about all these things that, you know, sitting by the fire or doing all these things? <laughs> what do you do? Well, yeah, it's a good question because um, probably I really, the best relaxing for me is the act of relaxing. So when I go for a mountain bike ride or I go skiing or, um, so I did that big ride, that copy call across the country with my friend who had done the tour Aotearoa the first year that it was 2016 she did it. So tour Aotearoa is the one that goes from the top of the North Island to the bottom of the South Island. That's 3,000 wow. kilometres. Um, that's a long way to ride <laughs> yeah so my goal is next year to do that so in February to take a month off and just do that awesome. um, it, uh, it's yeah I don't know how to explain it it's just like you do you decide to do something like that and you just do it and all you have to think about is doing that all you have to think about is sleeping eating riding mm-hmm. and that is absolute pure joy for me I'm not very good at taking myself off for a ride just for the hell of it like I'm not when I was training for that I only did one weekend ride where I rode a thousand a thousand I rode a hundred kilometers um I 
yeah, if I'm not training for something, I tend not to do it. So my daily exercise will be going to the gym or going to Pilates or or going for a mountain bike ride. I'm I really love my um downhill mountain biking. Yeah. Well, you have to go up to go down, but um, <laughs> yeah. I love my mountain biking. So I've come from a mountain biking side of things, and we love our skiing. So I'm really into like in the last few years, I've got into um backcountry skiing. So where you yep. get your skins out and you, you kind of hike up and ski down, and then put your skins back on and skin back up mm. and. Yeah, I really love that kind of away from the crowds. Oh, I was going to say that, get away, yeah. yeah. I've never done yeah. that before. I've always done, you know, just the downhill skiing. So that that would be something nice nice to try, I reckon. Mm. All right. Would you rather have a get-out-of-jail card or a car that, or a key that opens any door? that's kind of no I think a key mm-hmm. yeah why why don't I ever see myself getting into trouble <laughs> <laughs> it's always interesting what people come up with <laughs> with the answer yeah. to why they do that <laughs> if you had a superpower what would it be um to create more hours in the day no. <laughs> no I do like sleeping I do like sleeping um I just yeah I suppose I would like oh far out that's that's really hard if I had a superpower a superpower right now with all the trouble that's going on in the world um a superpower to improve government systems because they're so funky and slow and frustrating and people are sleeping on the streets we've got pregnant women with children sleeping under park benches because we haven't got enough housing i don't know what the hell is wrong with the world that i mean i've got this is what makes me sick i've got a house with three empty bedrooms Mm -hmm. i should be going and giving those but you kind of you don't because you can't because you don't you know yeah, it's, uh, that's a hard one. If you could go back in history, where would you go? So my brain went a few places then. Uh... <laughs> If you'd asked me that when I was 16, I would have gone back to the 50s, um, like grease lightning kind of rock and roll kind of dancing. My mother, I suppose I grew up with my mum telling me, oh, life was so simple for us. Oh, yes. We only had choices of being a teacher or a nurse or an air hostess. (laughs) Too many choices for you guys. Too many choices. It's too hard. So I was, I've always, and, and my parents were rock and roll dancers, and so I was like, ah, oh, I really like to learn to dance like that. Um, but not now. No, not now. I'm, um, I'm happy with where we are, where we're at. I, 
Yeah, I I'm intrigued with what life would have been like, mm-hmm. you know, pre 1900s in New Zealand. I'm intrigued mm. with what you know. Where would I have fit, fit into society? What would I have been? Would I have been a tramp? <laughs> would <laughs> would I have been? I definitely wouldn't have been high class. Definitely wouldn't have been. Maybe middle class. Maybe maybe I would have been a bit of a I don't know. Did you see the luminaries? No. The, okay. So that was a book that won the Booker Prize. The youngest girl ever to win the Booker Prize, and it was made into a movie. And Bono's daughter is the lead role in that. Ah, Bono from. Okay. Oh, mm. I'll have to. Um, I'll have to have a look. So she got kind of hooked into the. Oh, what was the drug back in the the opium. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if I would have been a bit like that. Yeah. Kind of, you know, but led easily led into. <laughs> oh, so we could get into some trouble, could we? <laughs> yeah. So maybe that. Maybe we need to go back to the get out of jail free card. Maybe yeah. I do need card. <laughs> well, someone said to me, "I'll take the key because if I end up in jail, I can use the key to get out of it." <laughs> but, oh, that's a pretty good thinking. Oh. Problem solving there for you. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what's one item that you could never live without? I don't know that we can put that on the radio. <laughs> okay, we'll go past that one. You can tell me that one later. What makes you smile? <laughs> well, that item. <laughs> No. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Well, what item could I not live without? Um, yeah. Um, I tell you what. Ever since lockdown, I'm loving the sourdough bread. I know this is a bit of a trendy thing, but I love my sourdough bug. I created my sourdough bug in lockdown last year, and we are still making bread from that same bug. Cool. So I would take that with me if I had to go. If I had to run out of the house really quickly. <laughs> I know that you can make another bug, but it's kind of special because it was, you know, we created that. Um, and obviously my husband. I do love my husband a lot. And what makes me smile when that bread comes out of the oven? <laughs> oh, I bet it smells beautiful too. Oh, so good. So good. Simple things. I think that I have become more simple. I used to have this frenetic life well I still have a bit of a frenetic life but I I just feel like the simple things make me happy nowadays like I think there's a lot of feel that way now yeah yeah I really do are you organized or are you messy oh so I'm one of these people who loves to be messy so that when I get organized it feels really good it's like having filthy windows and then cleaning them and going oh my god look how clean they are and I said to the team the other day, actually, the windows here are filthy. I said, the thing is, if you clean your windows all the time and they're always clean, no one notices. Yeah. And that's like that because the girl, they were with Rosalie, who's exceptionally tidy. Her desk is always beautiful. And then there's Alicia, surveyor, and planner Tom. Alicia's like, oh my God, Rosalie's desk is always so tidy. And I was like, yeah, but if it's always tidy, it's kind of boring. Yeah. You kind of want to get messy, get a bit loose. And then tidy and it feels really good and fresh. It does. Yeah, most definitely. I agree with that too. 
What chore do you hate doing? Um, it's a chore that I don't do, and that's weeding. <laughs> uh, so um, we have a bit of a funny story in our family. I, I'm, I, I'll go and do the garden, so I'll maybe spend an afternoon in the garden once a year. Yeah. It kind of doesn't really work. So I'll, I'll weed, <laughs> and then I'll plant something, and I did a veggie garden one year, and then about six months later, Scott just mowed it because... <laughs> There was nothing, <laughs> and it was just like weeds up to your knees. And he's so he's so I'm just gonna because we've got terraces, so mm-hmm. you know I've got the lawn, and then there's the veggie garden, and then there's the lawn. Yep. So he just mowed free instead of skipping. Normally he would skip the veggie garden. So ah oh, yeah, it's it's kind of tragic. And he said we should move into an apartment in town. I'm like oh, but it's really nice having all of these trees around us. But when you look closely, it's just weeds, <laughs> just everywhere. And it's really, it can be depressing, but I try not, you know, I go through phases where I see it and then I go through phases where I don't see it yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do if you didn't have to go to work tomorrow? Um, ah, yeah. So I would probably go for a mountain bike ride. <laughs> Spend your day skiing and mountain bike riding. Yeah, I was. I just ride. Um, I ride sometimes. Ride my bike to work, and it's only a ten minute ride. Um, and I think, oh, I could just keep riding because yeah. I've ridden across the country, so I know how to survive. <laughs> I'm just keep riding. <laughs> All you need is your butt butter. You do need butt butter, I must oh. say, and little um, compedes which stop the blisters. Yeah, it doesn't sound like fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. It's so awesome. I love it. Would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over? Yeah, I actually think I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. 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 Nice. You know, it's nothing that I regret. Um, Yeah. That's all great. Life's really good. Yeah. It's nice to feel that way. Mm. Well, that's pretty much it for the questions. Let's do some quick shots before we finish. I think I've got you worked out anyway, but (laughs) maybe not completely. So let's see how we go. (laughs) Tea or coffee? Coffee. Cat or dog? Dog. Sunrise or sunset? Yeah. Summer or winter? Summer. Roller coasters, do you love them or hate them? Oh, well, okay. So <laughs> love them because that's my life as a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> but as for getting on one, I'd feel sick now. Well, that doesn't surprise me if you got motion sickness in the plane, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three items you'd take to a desert island. Vibrator. Bike. And blister pack. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can live off the land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking about food. <laughs> 
going to ride around and around the desert island on my bike and get blisters. <laughs> and do the other thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Introvert <laughs> or extrovert? Yeah, so always thought that I was an extrovert. I think I am, you know, technically an ex extrovert, but I think I've learned that I need the introvert part nurtured as well. Yeah. And I think that, that's the part that I've probably struggled with all my life. And now I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I actually really love being on my own. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. And I think everyone's probably a little bit like that. It's just learning when to say when yep yeah is your glass half full or half empty oh yeah nice. what's one thing you'd never do again hmm yeah i don't know there's nothing i i'm trying to there's probably something I can't think of it now. It's pretty funny because some people just come straight out with things and then other people mm. go, mm, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so there was, okay, here's something. Here's a story that is kind of embarrassing um, because it's, you know, surveying-wise, it's pretty crappy. So I had this client who asked me to go and get out a house and I was there with the builder and I set the corners out and the floor level and then he said oh can you just put um can you just put a height benchmark over there like over there and I was like oh really so he was asking me to do extra yeah and he went away and while while he was away, I did some, I thought, oh, well, I'll fill in the time doing, checking the cadastral boundary peg position. And then one of the pegs was in line with a tree. And so I stuck the pole up. And because I was thinking in cadastral terms, it was 2D. I didn't need to worry about the height of the pole. The shot. And then I know what happened. So I hadn't, so he hadn't asked me to do that extra thing at that point. Sorry. So I'm just out there. And I, and I, and then he, I was starting to pack up and he came back and said, Oh, do you mind putting another height mark over there? Cause I think where you've put it is going to get knocked out. And I was like, Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so I reset the instrument up, hadn't put the pole down, but I hadn't, or maybe I hadn't even taken the instrument in actually, but I hadn't changed the height on the pole. Yeah. And I stuck mark in didn't do any and and it was a situation where the builder was a really really lovely friendly guy and I was you know busy trying to be overly friendly and overly pleasing like doing everything that he asked and and probably showing off a little bit oh yeah that's really easy no worries and rah 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 yeah. not really thinking for you know I went away so I was away for four days and I came back and he oh that they they'd cleared the section out that's right they dug the section out and I was and he asked me to set all of the corners of the house and it was an architecturally designed house that had no right angles in it mm -hmm. so there were about 12 different corners and I got to the last corner and it had the height the floor level of the building and it said fill 400 on my instrument and I was like oh fuck what's going on here I was really confused 
and I said oh to the builder oh there's something wrong with the heights you look like you've cut too much he goes no no it's good look it daylight's out this corner it's all fine um but I was like no nah, there's something wrong there's something wrong and then I made him stop work I think my clients went up at that point and I was like um he goes don't say anything I didn't say anything I went back home because I was working from home at that point so home was just up the road and I walked in the door and I said uh, I think I'm screwed I think I've blown my career yeah. and it took me two days of not sleeping mulling over it to work out what had happened and why it had happened mm. but I knew it was wrong and I knew that overcut and we got the architects in and they were able to raise the floor level because it had a minimum floor level on this site mm. and so they had overcut but they were able, they'd already put it up 200 so they're able to bring it down 200 and then we had to bring in 200 of fill so that was an insurance job um and of course in the insurance world you're not supposed to ever admit that you've made a mistake yeah, yeah. but if I had admitted that I'd made a mistake it would have been way worse they would have built the house the building inspectors would have come it would have been the wrong floor level and they would have had to rip the whole house down yeah. so I was just like but that's that was a that's a mistake that you know in, in your career it's like not not a high point um but kind of wasn't life and death but it was still freaking awful <laughs> my iPad just slipped off my holder and stopped the recording. <laughs> oh, oh, that's all right. Sorry. <laughs> we just put it back in. <laughs> oh, I have to cut that bit out. Um, but it's one of those things that, yeah, it was a crappy thing that happened. You've made a mistake. But you learnt from it, didn't you? Mm, big time, yep. And I do tell all of my staff that story because, or A, it just shows that we're all um, human. Yep. And, um, you know, it was it ended up being not that bad in the end, but it's, it's how you deal with, I suppose, how you deal with those issues that come up and not, as I know, I've seen others um, where they just go, nah, didn't make a mistake. You know, I could, the thing is that I had actual um, checks in place that I could have shown a court. Like it was, it was kind of weird. I had a printout of what I'd set up and mm. what I'd done that first round of observations. And I could have just ignored the one that I did as an extra for him and yeah. gone, well, no, I did this and these are all my checks. And mm. So if I'd, if I'd wanted to be a dick about it, yeah. I could have gone, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to tell anyone. I've, I've realised in my head this is a mistake, but I could just hide it and sweep it under the carpet. But I couldn't do that. I just, and I got told off by my insurer for admitting fault. He said, you'd never admit fault. And I'm like, that is just bullshit. Yeah. And that's possibly the problem with the country and why things don't go smoothly because everyone's, I don't know. That's me. That's me being cynical now. So I'll stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it, it's pretty sad that you've got some people who uh, think they're perfect, never make mistakes, uh, are always right, 
everybody's human we all make mistakes we're not perfect we're not always right and when you actually realize that you grow you learn Mm. so anyway moving on if you had a warning label what would it be oh yeah be careful might explode (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh i'm I'm really noticing it especially in a you know this office is small and we've got four of us in here and maybe five soon um and when i get a bit wound up with the whole council bullshit i genuinely you know that little emoji with the brain explosion i'm like i feel like that a lot Mm. not very um constructive not able to you know you're not able to produce any decent work when you're feeling like that no definitely not that's when it's time to walk outside, grab your bike, go for a ride, and come back. Yes, yes indeed. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Who knows you best? Husband. Mm-hmm. Favorite food? Sourdough <laughs> bread. <laughs> Favorite drink? Pinot Noir. Ah. Have you got a pet peeve? Council. <laughs> Sorry, that thing no. just said. Probably if you ask me on a Sunday, it might be dirty floors. <laughs> 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 because you've spent a weekend at your home going, oh, I should do the vacuuming. Shit, I really should do the vacuuming. Pet peeve, you're dust. I don't like dust. But I'm, my house is disgusting. I have a daughter who's allergic to dust, and when she comes home, I spend a week cleaning, and usually it's still not good enough because she's so allergic that she'll just walk in the house and start sneezing. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. But, yeah, no council at the moment. Pet peeve, council. Are you a morning or a night person? Oh, look, to be honest, I'm actually both, which is really annoying. Like, I love party and dance um and obviously when I do that I'm not a morning person but I also like to get up really early yeah so um I'm a little bit I it's I am a roller coaster I am mm. hot cold and um up and down my mum used to say to me could you not just be more even keels <laughs> it's just not in my nature to yeah. be even yeah I try and stay calm but yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, you just wouldn't be you if you weren't like that, would you? Oh, I think the thing is acceptance. I think I got to that when I was about 45, which is only a few years ago, which is kind of sad that you spend all your life trying to be someone else. And then you're like, oh, if you just accept yourself for who you are, it's all good. Yeah. Definitely. Go from that point and then everything else becomes a lot easier. Mm. on a scale of one to ten how cool are you oh oh do you know what i'm going to be really honest i think i'm a 10 nice (laughs) i think i'm pretty cool dream car i've never dreamed about a car in my life 
Maybe Lightning McQueen? <laughs> I, I need to send you a picture. I'll need to send you a picture of later my brother's birthday, and this is only a year or two, a couple of years ago. His uh, partner organised for Lightning McQueen to come and take him for a drive. <laughs> no way! <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. That's very yeah, cool. He's, I have to say, he's a dude. Eh? He's a real dude, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> um, yeah, but if I, oh, look, no, I, I would probably say a Tesla now if I could afford it. Oh, yeah. Favorite color? Orange. Can you see my desk? All my desks are orange. <laughs> yes, I can see a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, my desks are orange. They're all stand up desks and um orange is in my logo i should show you so can you see that with the flag yes i can see that and then i've got a bike there which is pink with the orange sticker on it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah orange and when i got married i dyed my hair orange so i like orange makes you feel good huh yeah apple or android unfortunately but oh I think I'm going to go back so I've got an iPhone now but I think I'm going to go back to Android because I'm finding it all a bit yeah bit of a slave isn't it Mm. what star sign are you Libra Libra hmm interesting (laughs) well that's uh that's it from me for now (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Peter. It's been awesome. Really enjoyed it. Heading. It's nice to chat to new people. Mm. Yeah. So before we go, you have a business, so obviously you must have some websites, Facebook, Instagram, that sort of stuff. Would you like to get it out there for everybody to uh, to go and look at? Yes, I would. Okay, what are they? Uh, um, so Geosync, G-E-O-S-Y-N-C dot co.nz is the website. Um, Facebook Geosync as well and Instagram is also Geosync. Nice and easy. Pretty simple, yeah. People can find you on LinkedIn? Yes, mm-hmm. um, Belinda. Belinda Willis, yeah. Because yeah. I understand LinkedIn is all just you It's and you market yourself within the business yeah Yeah. so I'm Belinda Willis yeah awesome well thank you so much for uh joining me today thanks Peter really cool to talk yeah have a good night oh you too I will see you I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Belinda Join me in a fortnight for another special guest. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.